0: morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen and today our guest is Jim Lanups. Hi Jim.
1: Good morning. Yeah.
2: Jim has been here before so if you're a first-time listener today to this show of Coffee with the Sarlows go back to the archives on the main page by Sarlo.com, Coffee with the Sarlows and listen to the other shows. It's very important actually because you're doing um, shows chronologically with what you're discovering, right?
1: Right. Okay. So yes. Jim,
2: can I first start and ask you? Yeah, yeah. Just tell people why you're here.
1: Oh, gee, man. This is uh this is all part of a very long uh, uh, family investigation, I'll call it. I started back in 2008 thousand eight, nineteen ninety eight, 1998 actually just a simple little project learn a little bit more about my grandfather and what he did during World War two and that blossomed into this massive investigation, mainly because there was no information. Nobody knew anything or was willing to give me any information. So uh, it just turned into a, this grand project that eventually will turn into a book. Yeah, uh, that, that's another actually exciting part of this whole thing, which will, it's going to be starting fairly soon. Uh, cause it's going to take me a while to put this thing together. This is podcast number four so the first three have a lot of information in it and beyond what's in the podcast there's even more information that will that will be in the book uh you can't you can't put everything out in a podcast we, we'd be here forever and you probably wouldn't understand some of it so uh yes it is very important to go back and you know if you want to understand fully what i'm doing today in podcast four if you go back and review the first three you'll get a better uh, uh, situational awareness for where we are today.
0: In addition, because some people who are listening for this first time are probably wondering what the heck we're having you on the show for if you're doing an investigation. But the large part of this is because you come in for sessions. And your grandfather, who you're doing the investigation on or for or with, however you choose to say that, is channeled through Karen. Correct. So we get to sit here, like little history students, and listen to how you uncover all of these these details and truths with Karen and your in your sessions together.
1: Oh yeah, that's that's actually one of the best parts of this whole this whole deal is I'm as much a student as everybody else is with this. So.
2: As am I. I'm learning too because you come in and ask the questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I don't have to know what I'm going to ask. I have an idea. I'll write down, on average, anywhere from three to ten questions, understanding that, you know, it didn't take me long to realize that ten questions was way more than I was ever going to get into in an hour session. Uh, Because one question uh, about an unknown could take us anywhere. And and you expand on that unknown as you go. So sometimes we only do two questions we get done, might get done, actually. Um, Because everything we're getting is new. And certainly new to me. Uh, and from that, I go home and I try to research it as best I can. Now, most of that research right now is, is internet-based. Why internet? Uh, well, it's easy. It's, it's cheaper, it's faster. If I was to fly over to Holland, Germany, or Poland, where this story takes place, that's gonna cost me an awful lot of money and a lot of time, especially if I don't know where I'm going and why I'm going there. So this is basically my homework. I'll do all this. I'll call it my homework. Uh, I put it together. Then I'll come up with an itinerary somewhere and I'll I'll fly over there not too long from now. And uh, I'll know exactly where I want to go and what I want to do when I get there.
0: On your field trip?
1: On my field trip.
0: With Karen remote viewing
2: you?
1: Oh, certainly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So Jim, can you just give a little bit of your own background as to why you are somebody who's interested in actually investigating something like this and i mean i know for some people listening it's a case of this is your grandpa so there's a personal interest in knowing his history but i mean a lot of people don't know their grandparents history and they don't they don't care
1: yeah my my grandparents we, we were quite young when we went to visit them so you know you don't go up to you know you're 3 or 4 years old you don't go to your grandparent and go so what did you do during the war right i mean you don't even know they were there at that point you don't care. You're just there to play and do your own thing. You just happen to be at Grandma and Grandpa's house. So that conversation never came up. I never heard anything about it. The interest started coming when an uncle of mine put together a family book. And uh, I got a copy of it home. And, and it's actually a great book. It's got lots of good stories in it. When it came to the war part, well, before I get there, I'll say that you know, I joined the Canadian Forces back in nineteen ninety nine. 1999 almost in 1999 1989 and so I had uh, uh, you know interest in military when this book came out and I started reading it there was a chapter on the war years they grew up in, as my parents did in Holland during the second world war so I, I kind of keyed on that chapter you know this this ought to be cool right it was a very short chapter sh- probably the shortest one in the book which was kind of disappointing and there was you know there was some good stories in there but nothing alluded to what my grandfather actually was involved in. Uh, it mentioned he was a soldier, but very minimally. The details were not there. You know, There was no, there was no uh, identified regiment, uh, what they did, where he went, what happened to him. And none of that was in the book. Certainly, it, it mentioned that he was uh, part of the resistance. But it didn't say what resistance, where, what they, what they specifically did. It did mention, you know, they, they, they did help downed airmen, allied airmen. But there was, there was no detail again. It was just enough to get you really interested, but nothing there to, to explain exactly what happened. And certainly the last part of the story was totally omitted. And now I know why, because nobody knew. He never told anybody. Probably didn't know how to tell anybody. My background in, in the military was military police, and I did a lot of investigations. So I kind of set this up as, you know, I've got the tools. Let's figure this thing out. Initially, it was it went along pretty good, but then there was a lot of gaps. And uh, in history, there, the books didn't explain what I needed to know. There were no stories there. I couldn't even find anything on the Internet. So then I ended up over here. So, you know, why not? I've never done this before. This is totally new to me. I uh, didn't have any idea what I was going to get. And it started out literally with a bang. Lots of information. But a lot of it, 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 was, it was different how it came out. It came out in riddles and clues, right? Uh, I don't think in the two years I've been coming here for sessions, specifically for this project, I don't think we had more than a couple of instances where we got direct answers. And I, I believe, honestly believe there was a reason for that. You know, when when you think about it, a soldier, you know, very rare, like me and my buddies, we don't, we don't have to sit around and talk about our experiences. We were all there. We know what happened. We felt it. We smelt it, whatever, right? It, it was all part of the package. But when you go to try and tell somebody else about the story, quite often you just don't bother because for some reason you don't believe they'd actually really get it. You know, I could say, okay, I went over here. I saw this and I did this and then I went over there and did this, you know, this other thing. It just becomes a long, boring story.
0: I think that's how we feel sometimes when we retell our sessions. Yeah. Is that, oh, like the magic goes away because you're trying to put it into words uh, and you can't articulate chronologically what happened because it's kind of everywhere.
1: Uh, Well, absolutely. You don't get a sense for the feel of the story. Mm -hmm. And, and, And that's a big deal. So by my grandfather giving me these riddles and clues, he was forcing me to learn the background behind everything, you know, maybe for another reason. So instead of, you know, talking about, okay, he was a prisoner of war, uh, what did all that mean, right? Well, I have some indication, but where did he go and what was it like there? So now I get a, I had to research that whole area, that whole time. And to get a better understanding of what it would have been like. So that it's not just, I went here, my grandfather saying, I went here between this time and this time, and then I went home. Right? And you're kind of thinking, oh, that's nice. But without a sense for what it would have been like to actually be there, it's not much of a story.
2: This really resonates with me, thinking about how he would describe things to me, and I would feel it. I would tell you how he felt he would I would smell something and then say to you I smell rubber and you would find out there was a rubber factory or whatever and that he would engage for me as the medium as the conduit using all six of the senses so that you had a piece of his life but through all the senses instead of it just being like reading it in a book
1: right Oh, exactly. And it becomes so much more fantastic a story, but not just to make it fantastic. It's actually understandable, right?
0: I think one of the beautiful things that you'd mentioned in, uh, I guess, podcast three, and something Karen, you and I talked about not too long ago in one of our own podcasts, was the gift of being able to witness a life. Because what you're talking about is his life not being on record and then getting back and not really opening up to talk about it. And so how do you ever feel like you've shared a life with someone that you've ever been seen or heard or felt or understood, like you're saying? And so Karen gets to witness a life and then a grandson gets to do so as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and it's not just a little blurb, you know, it's there, there's so much more to this and every other story out there that, that most people you know, you might be slightly interested and you kind of tune out halfway through the thing and, uh, you're not getting any of it, but if you're getting all these little bits and pieces, uh, the whole background and and the sights and sounds and all that goes with it, you're more engaged and, um, you really have to tell less of a story at that point because the person's right in there.
2: I think it's why people are engaged in movies.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Because
2: you know, you you we watch movie because we want to feel with them what they felt, and that's I think one of the reasons why Hollywood is successful because it engages all those senses. This does it uh, with the truth.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No Hollywood in this one. Yeah, the, the, <laughs>
2: your grandfather and the channeling gives that t- type of an experience, but with truth and with integrity and with a different intention. It's to connect because of love it's not just to stimulate something like a movie does just to make you feel something anything even if it's not real but this was your grandfather saying but this is real this is worth it
1: yeah and and you you know how you go to a movie and hollywood dramatizes everything cuz they got to they got to you know appeal to a, a larger group of people you know you get, you get a story like this would it make a good hollywood movie yeah it would but would if they changed it, knowing what the real story would, the real story is, would destroy it for me, right? It, it takes away from the reality, and the reality would be just as much fun as as this blown up garbage, right? Um, I may not face it. I, I go to a movie to watch a crazy action packed show as well, and the plot is totally ridiculous. But that's why I go to movies, right? A lot of a lot of people go to these, you know, dramas and and whatnot, and, and, yeah. Some of them are okay, but that's a totally different kind of uh, of environment, right? So, but
0: so Jim, we left off in in what country?
1: Ah, okay. Well, depending on what you want to call it, there was a circular gray building. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got notes today because this is pretty technical. And there's a lot of jumping around and and I really didn't want to lose myself, let alone any listeners in this, which might happen anyway, but you know.
0: So we need to lose the few listeners right now while they hit pause (laughs) and go listen to one through three. And then we're going to pick up where we left off.
1: We're going to pick up, uh, uh, well, just a quick, uh, we pretty much did a bunch of the review of of podcast three right there, but in, in that podcast, we determined uh, the classification my grandfather was given as a prisoner. This is 1944. Let's let's set the time. Late 1944, he, he was arrested as a member of the resistance. And uh, we talked about the different classifications of prisoners at that point. And he was classified uh, NN, knocked in the bell. Okay? Uh, that we explained a fair bit in podcast number three. So I'm not going to go through that again. Uh, That'll just take a lot of time. And of course, he he got away from that camp that he was sent to, uh, at which point we talked about many different types of camps that are out there because there were many camps, labor camps, farms, factories, extermination camps, et cetera, et cetera. All these camps started to be evacuated in late 44, early 45 as the Soviets were rolling westward to keep the POWs and, and the, camp prisoners from falling into the allied hands. The Germans evacuated the camps and put them all on the road and they all marched. Some got on trains, some on trucks, whatever, and they just moved them across the country into more central and southern Germany. That was really the only areas that weren't uh, actively being engaged by the allies. So they were trying to protect from losing all their prisoners. So we went into that. Then we got to where we finally figured out what the capital d was. That was a that was an a earlier clue that was given and it involved a circular gray stone building. Those two clues went together. We determined that that was actually the train station in the city of Deutz. Deutz being joined with the city of Cologne. That that was an awesome find actually. And that that clue took us into many other clues. And we actually got into Shakespeare at that point, which was really kind of a weird, a a weird deal. Remember the uh, Rosalind and Rosalind and Rosalind spelt three different ways. Uh, And then there were the clues theater and movie and all that that went with it with this capital D. And Shakespeare came out of all that being connected with the Rosalind and the theater, of course. That was a clue that kind of sat there that it wasn't really finished with even after podcast three. Uh, Still in the back of my mind saying, there's a little bit more to this. There's a little bit more to the Shakespeare business here, right? So I went back and uh, actually started looking for it again. Turns out there is a floating hotel that docks on the Rhine River, which separates Cologne and, and Deutz. And the name of the hotel is the William Shakespeare. So whether he meant for me to find that or not, whatever, there it is. Right, So there's one more little tag to Shakespeare. And that's, I hope, all we get with Shakespeare. <laughs> he's, he's not my favorite. Uh, good plays and all, but uh, I never like studying Shakespeare. It's just a little bit too much English for me. Uh, I'm going to move on here to the Resistance photo. The, the uh, infamous photo that I've mentioned many times. There was always a curiosity as to why this photo was taken you talk about the resistance members there's a lot great secrecy with all members of the resistance because they were sought after by the germans right they wanted to get rid of these people so they all used fake identities did everything they could to cover their trails right yet here they are posing at the time for a photograph why would you f- pose for a photograph that, i mean somebody finds a photograph and they can physically identify each and every member here right So we asked that question in one of the sessions. Why did you pose for this photograph, Grandpa? And it came out that they were suspicious and concerned that their group might have been infiltrated by someone working with the Germans, which happened quite regularly. So they figured that if they had a photograph taken, any suspicious person, maybe they weren't gonna show up for the photo, or maybe they're gonna act differently for the photo or during the photo in hopes that maybe they could be found, right? Uh, I don't believe we got a full answer to that question, but we did learn that one person was not there for the photo. We don't know why yet, and we're not gonna go there just yet. Uh, One woman was apparently absent, and there was a question about uh, one of the gentlemen there that was looking different than everybody else. The reason I'm not going to go beyond that right now is this is all going to eventually be part of yet another new investigation that I'm going to undertake, which came out in that same session? The one gentleman—I don't know if you remember this—the one gentleman popped out of that group and asked me if I'd like to uh do the same sort of thing that I'm doing with my grandfather, which e- each and every one of the people in that photograph and tell their story.
0: You'd have to live to a 246. Well.
1: Well, this is it, right? So we're gonna get something clear. Hopefully, hopefully get something clear. That please don't give me riddles for these fifteen plus people.
0: Do you sign a contract for that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that works. Uh, it it was an interesting session, anyway. So at at that point, I have to. Uh, I'm going to separate learning too much right now about this resistance group, even though it does play into what my grandfather did, being a member. Because I'm going to look into that while I'm doing this other project and the two will kind of tie together and that'll come out in yet another another book down the road. So that that is a large project at least 15 people involved there and I'm really really hoping I don't get a riddle filled session for every one of these people because yeah maybe I'll be 80 when I'm done right I, I don't know we've been two years plus on this one at least here uh so i can't afford that long for that many people that, that, I, I get crazy um so yeah that, that's that's actually interesting and in fact i think the dude said you're gonna get a free session for the fr- he's gonna pay for session i'm like <laughs> i'm like how is that gonna work right
0: buy nine get the 10th free <laughs> what
1: well, yeah you get a little punch card right yeah <laughs> i don't know whatever but uh, that, that'll be a lot of fun. There's a lot of stuff going on there. That was an exciting time as well. So.
2: Um, I have had that before. And if pe- when people are listening to the show, they'll know in the past that the spirit world does come through and tell me on occasion, this person cannot afford this. This person, it's their birthday. Can you do this for, I can't remember. There was a couple of A Kelly. Remember the boy on the bike? There were a couple like when the spirit world has said that it's, it's, it's rare, but it does happen. And so I just wanted to clarify.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, grandfather gave me one for Christmas, a free session. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah He was... wanted to wish you a Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I wrote it down on the page or something. eh? Yeah. yeah. That,
1: that was, that, that was good. <laughs> that was good. So yeah. So that's, that's the future. We'll be working on that one. So we're going to stay away from details involving this group while we do this one so onward with the podcast yeah my notes it's a good thing i wrote notes for this one when i'm finished this podcast we will be pretty much sitting where i am sitting right up to everything is current so up until now it's been things i've been working on for a year two years whatever so this podcast will uh, stop pretty much right where i am which is kind of cool but that's why i have notes I haven't been mulling this one over for two years. This is like a couple of months maybe at the most. (laughs) So we set out to determine his route home. Okay, so we'll set the stage. He's at a camp just north of Auschwitz. Uh, Buggers off from there and he's headed home. We know he went to uh, the town of Bogacha. We discussed that in podcast two, maybe a little in podcast three. So somewhere between that camp and Bogacha, he had to have... through somehow right but there were a few clues that came up Uh, one of them was selection so the word selection came up a couple of times and I figured well it's time to figure out what what selection actually meant so I asked where did the where did selection happen and I'm gonna read these specific clues off they were there were airplanes coming and going but there was no airport and at this point I believe you could see this you could see the planes uh, he, he specifically said there was no airport, though. So, fine. Okay. Then there was a camp. Specifically, there was a camp. Then the color blue. Blue is pretty cool. Blue was one of the very first clues I got in, well, 2014. My first my first time coming here. Yeah, blue blue is going to play big. Then you were sounding out a word that he was trying to say. And it's spelled U-G-O-N is what you wrote. A-G-O-N. And that's where that stayed. Then we got the letter X and the word underground. If you know anything about the Second World War Hollywood movies, this one's going to come to you pretty quick, or it should.
0: And I just want to say, I don't. <laughs> I think anyone who knows Karen saw that coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not surprised. But but that's what makes this even cooler. Those clues all go together. To one specific movie. I'm going to go to a movie right now. And, and it's and it's called The Great Escape. Very famous movie. And, and it's around a camp in Zagan. Zagan. Z-A-G-A-N. Sounds a lot like Agan. Which you spelled out. So very close. Very close uh, pronunciation there. Uh, in, in Zagan there were actually several. Prisoner War camps. The famous one involving the Great Escape was Stalag Luft 3 Now, Stalag Luft, that's mainly Stalags are for non-commissioned uh, soldiers, prisoners of war. Officers went Oflags. Not always did they follow that rule, but that was the main rule. Uh, the fact it's Luft, okay, that's air. There were a few camps that were permitted to be only air force, and they were run by air force. So... Uh, essentially the prison guards they'd be old air crew or airmen of the german luftwaffe maybe they were injured maybe they were tired or maybe they had something else going on uh they couldn't fly so they gave them another job and they allowed them to set up camps and these were specifically run by these air crew members and the people the prisoners were inside were mainly Aircrew, allied aircrew that were shot down and captured. Okay, so that's Stalag Luft 3. 3, well, I don't know whether there was how many, I don't know how many Luft, Stalag Luft camps there were. It doesn't really matter at this point. But that's where this Great Escape movie uh, uh, was based on. And it was an actual event that happened. We've got underground. Underground refers to the tunnels that these prisoners dug in this camp. Which is part of the movie. And before I go into underground too much, do
2: they... you mean that was their job?
1: Well, it was well, not their job specifically, but this is what they did. They were trying to escape, so they dug <gasps> oh, tunnels.
2: Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah.
1: You were thinking maybe they're mining or, or some sort of thing. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, I'm sorry. And that's that's all right because we did get into a bunch of places earlier where their jobs were to uh, mine through mountains or whatever to create facilities, and whatnot. This was escape tunnels underground. The X clue refers to Big X. Big X was the codename for the RAF officer, Roger Bushell, that was in charge of the escape committee. He had a codename, Big X. So when I saw all these clues when I got home, and am going, that's easy, right? That's, that's Stalag stalaglyph 3. The guy was in Zagan or went through Zagon at some point, referring to my grandfather. If you look at the map, and if he was heading west to get home from where he was, without going over the mountains, he would have had to pass through this area. So that really does make sense to me. Yeah, it actually gets cool. When I see this that close relation to a Hollywood glorified event, I, I sit back and I go, yeah, try to come up with another answer first because you know what people try to they try to tell stories they always glorify the story and always gets bigger and better right uh, every time they tell it so i wanted to make sure that okay he's a guy sure yeah stalagluft 3 right very famous
2: this is a good thing that it, i don't watch tv uh, exactly like, <laughs> exactly there, there's yeah. no bias there yeah.
1: right yeah and, and and that's why it comes out pretty cool at this point the 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 three tunnels uh, they were named tom dick and harry Quite, quite the names. That uh, maybe that's part of the British humor. Uh, you know, a, a common word. If you call it something different, it might have been more obvious. You know, you couldn't use it in a sentence somewhere, right? So Tom, Dick, and Harry is what they called the tunnels. Harry's the one they actually ended up using in, in their escape. So, so, so that's so that's just, that's just a little bit of history. He wasn't there for he wasn't part of the escape. He had nothing to do with that. So he went on to tell us that he came across his camp on his way home. He didn't go into the camp. He actually slept outside of the camp, but when he was there, he observed uh, uh, lots of kids running around and, and doctors. So he thought at one point he might have been an orphanage or something. I know that a lot of these camps, this would have been this would have been at that period of time if Germans uh, had evacuated that camp because the POWs were not there when he got there. It would have been in Russian hands, Soviet hands. So whether the Soviets at that point had already started collecting German prisoners of war and stuffed them into those camps, I, I don't know. But that's certainly what they did. They used, they repurposed the camps. Uh, this is already set up. Why would you build another one? Right. He's just wandering along and he comes across this camp, spends a the night there. I, I wrote to the Stalag Three museum coordinator. They have a museum, as most of these places do, and specifically said, "Do you have any information as what went on?" in this camp, after the camp was evacuated. He was very happy to take my message and all that, but he said, reality is, is we don't know. There's no information. I'm sure somebody knows or knew, but it wasn't important enough at that point for, for it to make its way in, into history on the books somewhere, right? The battle was over, the escape happened, and yada, yada, we're moving on. and And, and it's not written down anywhere. Again we come to one of those areas where we're we're essentially blazing a new path again. Right? We gotta go find history that doesn't seem to be obvious. So that's nothing new for us. It seems we we're doing that all the
2: time. I'm curious, Jim, is that because Canadian and North like North American history books just don't write it? Like if I if I'm a student and I'm living in Germany or in Holland do they have that information written down? Is that part of their history?
1: I, I don't believe they do in this case. In a lot of cases, they do have different history books and okay. different, different things written in because it's more important to them than it is to us. We're hmm. like living way over here. We never had the war on our soil. So, it's, you know, that little piece of a very large chunk of history and points in history wouldn't amount to anything for us. And I think in this case... It didn't amount to anything for anybody. The the fact that the war was moving on, the Germans were pushed out of that area, and the Soviets were now just occupying that spot, wasn't big enough to to put in the books to any detail.
0: Well, maybe I'm a little confused, but wouldn't people just want to cover things up in order to, like you're saying, move on?
1: Well, yeah, yes and no.
0: Because, I mean, I would imagine there's a great number of People that don't want the questions being fielded.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot of questions people don't want to be asked because they don't want to bring, they don't, they don't want to go back, right?
0: And I, and I would imagine for a number of reasons oh, oh, to def- take responsibility for what happened.
1: Oh, oh, definitely. I don't know why this is not recorded. I, I can't see anything yet. I can't see anything yet that would have, would be covered up in this area right anything unusual anyways i mean i should unusual is not the right word to use anything highly improper i don't i don't see that yet i haven't found any clues of anything there i just think it was in a big scheme of things i don't think it was important enough so it's not there i'm curious i'll figure it out one of these days anyways we skipped over the clue blue that came out with all of those blue is kind of funny as I, as I alluded to, uh, back in November of 2014, blue came as a clue. Uh, but it came attached with a couple of other clues at that time. I'm talking back in 2014 now. It came with, how do I describe this? It, it was a shape that you drew on a piece of paper that you referred to as a spider. It was the shape of a spider. Well, I'll just show you. It looked like that. Basically a circle with legs coming out of it.
0: Not enough legs, I'll mention. Yeah. (laughs) I was just going to say I saw that. That's not a good artist. That's like a bad son.
1: Actually, that's funny you say that because when I talk about the spider clue, I'll expand on that. Uh, Because there's way more to this. I'm just uh, very difficult for me last night writing these notes to try to put it down in some kind of an order that makes sense to everybody that's listening that hasn't been part of this investigation.
2: Including Karen.
1: Exactly. Because it
2: makes no (laughs) sense to me. And I think people, I don't know, maybe somebody's interested to know, I wonder if Karen remembers all of this as he's talking. No. Does Karen see all of these things as he's talking? No. So I'm listening like everybody else.
1: Yeah, so I, and and knowing that, you know, being a a radio type of show here, um, there's no visuals. So I can't like hold up. When, you, when you're taking years of stuff and background history and whatnot, I, I can't possibly throw it all out there. So I'm trying to set this up a little bit so that in maybe 15, 20 minutes from now, it's gonna make sense, at least more sense. So back to the clue blue. Yeah, I spent a lot of time looking for blue. I blew anything, absolutely anything. And this is where I started zeroing in once we got blue a second time in the other session. I started clue, is, is zeroing in on that area. So instead of you know all of Europe blue, which there's millions of things. Well, let's let's zero in on Zagan, that area. What is blue in Zagan? So here I've got the, this this village, just down the road from Zagan. I'm going to try to pronounce it now. Boloslavik. Boloslaviek, I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, formerly known as uh, as Boonslaw, under the German occupation. There were a couple of camps in Bunzla, or Boleslavic, uh, Bunzla 1 and Bunsla 2. They don't really play into the story, but it just, to set the stage, there's more prisoners in that area. And this is maybe 10, 12 kilometers to the south, oh, let's say southeast of Zagan. Okay, in, in this village, they are famous and still are famous for pottery. They have a a ceramics museum and they sell pottery all over the world. The main color of this pottery is blue. So i go, okay, that's kind of cool. And a curious thing with that, shortly after I started researching this, I went to a friend's place uh, that I've known for many years. And his wife came out and showed me a bunch of pottery they had when they were posted to Germany. And it come from this village, Buloslavik. It's kind of like, wow, okay. (laughs) Didn't catch that at the time. But uh, there it is.
2: Everybody wants their proof, though. This is making me laugh because it's like he's still going to try and make it applicable to your life each day.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of like, wow. Right. You know, it's one of those moments where you just kind of like, really? (laughs) okay. And, And it is kind of a chuckle. Then just outside of Boleslavik is another itty bitty little village that is now incorporated into the town today. And in this, in this uh, little area is a hotel called the Blue Beetroot Hotel. Kind of a weird name, but Blue Beetroot Hotel. And there's a story behind that. Uh, some horse and cart fell into a river and full of beets, right? The, the cart was full of beets, fell into the river, disappeared. And every now and then a beet would pop up in the river and it would be blue color. So they went and named this hotel Blue Beetroot Hotel. Gotta, How
2: did you find that out?
1: Oh, more internet. <laughs> Tons and tons of internet. (laughs) So it's actually a very famous place for people to go and stay. Uh, When they're going to uh, explore the Zagan area, they will go and stay at this hotel. I don't know. I guess I'll have to go there to get into the mystique of it, but uh, someday. Now there's another village down the road in the other direction called Zari. In Zari, there is a gate that is referred to as the Blue Gate. Uh, When you look at it, it's not blue but it's called the blue gate and apparently Napoleon walked through it at some point in time so it's a big historical thing and there's gardens inside this gate and whatnot so we got blue we got blue all through this area then when you take a look at Sagan and and, and 3 specifically Air Force Camp Air Force is blue uniforms are blue oh right so there's a lot of connection to blue in this area so i figured oh, you know maybe i'm on to something but it still wasn't, it still wasn't good enough for me, right? It, it didn't equate to, you know, probably if I examine any city in that area, I'd find a lot of blue stuff too. Let's move on. Let's add spider to this because blue was linked with spider. So we get this spider shape. Yeah, this was another huge search. However, and I, you may remember this because this was not long ago. Uh, I started thinking back to, this, to the POWs Air Force POWs. Oh.
2: I just gave Jim Jim a face, <laughs> like because people can't see it. It's like, really, you think I'm going to remember this? Not. Well,
1: I'm hoping you remember the story behind this. Oh, uh, which was your story, not mine. Oh, uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought maybe the the Blue Spider had something to do with trade badges. I know in the Canadian Forces, you know, you have a trade, you know, and you all get specific badges that go on your uniform. Different shapes, symbols, colors.
2: Oh, I was going to say kind of like when you're in brownies.
0: Yeah, same sort
2: of thing. Sorry, Jim. I don't want to equate the brownies with the army.
1: Brownies and Boy Scouts. uh, Yeah, yeah. I was
0: just going to say our cadets or all those things for each gender.
1: Yeah, so I'm just, as you hear rustling, I'm searching for a diagram because I know I can't show everybody, but I can show two people in front of me. Trade badges from the German Luftwaffe. Now, Holy. I remember when I came in and I showed you these trade badges, you had this story that you had seen something like this the day before. I think you said you were doing your, getting your hair done or something like that, and they kept popping up in front of you, different shapes and colors, and you couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. Yep. I was and,
2: getting my hair colored.
1: <laughs> there you go. See, your story.
2: <laughs> yes. uh, I didn't understand why I was seeing this. You know, where you get your hair colored, you're you're supposed to be facing a mirror looking at yourself, right? And all I could see were these images.
1: Right, and I came in a day or so later, and just before I showed you the picture, my grandfather said, I'm about to blow your mind with something. And and I showed you the picture. Not that one, mind you. It's hard to arrange papers in the proper order here. A little bit more specific to this. It was a picture of two specific badges and it looked a lot like a spider and they were blue. So I basically said, well, could this possibly be what he was referring to when he referred to a blue spider? I mean, you can see him on this other piece of paper. There were were something like this. Right. But again, it wasn't wasn't 100 percent for me based on the diagram you had drawn. But I said, you know, what's a possibility? Who knows? Right. So then. I had a moment where I was sitting there and going, wait a second here. Knowing my grandfather and how creative he gets with his diagrams, his, his clues, etc., I decided to have a closer look and in a different way at the village of Bolislavic. And I pulled up Google Maps, pulled up the, the city, and I changed the color settings. And when you look at the breakdown of the city and the roadmap,
2: that's the spider.
1: It looks an awful lot like a spider.
2: Holy crap.
1: They, they designed the roadway in a circular fashion around the core of the city with roads shooting out from it yeah. that look like legs. And I go, is it possible that that is what he was calling the blue spider? Huh. Yet yeah, I, I still wasn't happy with that, even though it looked like a, a blue spider. Last night was an incredible giggle moment for me which often happens when I think I'm on the right track. An investigative tool that we were trained to use when doing any investigations was to do a thing called a link analysis chart. You can do it with either squares or bubbles, round circles, and you write in a clue or a known fact into your your, your main piece of evidence that you put in this bubble, I'll use bubbles. And from there, you link other clues that you know are associated with that clue or that piece of evidence. And you generally create a link analysis diagram or chart, whatever you want to call it. Now these links are not allowed to cross, okay? So if they apply in more than one area, you have to design the chart accordingly so that none of these links cross. Well, I, I have one on a dry erase board that sits behind me from when I'm, when I'm staring at my computer. Uh, and i have all kinds of notes on it questions points and whatnot and i decided one day to do my link analysis chart on this dry erase board and last night when i was reviewing my notes and going blue spider you know what i'm still not happy with that i turned to my chair sat back and i looked at this chart and i started laughing <laughs> it's your spider because it looks an awful lot like a blue spider in fact the clue that was in the center is blue is called blue
2: <laughs> so okay. your grandfather saw that
1: yeah two years ago right <laughs> which, which kind of blows my mind right did he know two years ago that I was gonna create this silly diagram right that oh that, Jim that was I uh, was like really is that my blue spider you know <laughs>
2: okay I have a question how does that make you feel
1: well it's it makes you feel part of a part of a huge huge uh, thing you know like like really he knew i was going to do this um that's that that, that's really amazing this would probably be the first time in this investigation where the future actually turned out to be now because you know throughout this right i'd get you know sometime soon you're going to see this or sometime soon you're going to do this and that's that's been throughout this uh, two-year process uh this is the first time that Uh, that something's going to happen actually happened right so that's kind of wild that that's kind of wild so it's kind of like wow. i just am i actually steering this ship or am i just along for the ride you know (laughs) so that, that was that was kind of a wild a wild moment and that was just last night
2: so i have some questions does that still make you skeptical oh no okay what do you say to skeptical people
1: skeptical people uh, skeptical people are generally people that refuse to believe right refuse to believe for for a number of reasons yeah right they just it's it's not their normal uh it's not how they were taught they don't want to be put out there and, and looked at as the the weird person the odd person or whatever word you want to describe that they, they don't want to really trust what they're what they're feeling and, and end up being skeptical no, i was certainly i was skeptical course I was skeptical when I started this whole process never been there before it did take long for that to get picked apart though I mean you couldn't come up with another reason why like why was I getting that how can that be right there's no other reason so yeah I know that that's cool that's uh that's incredibly cool so that makes me go okay so when you said I was going to see this at some point now I'm sitting there waiting for it as opposed to just, you know, it'll happen whenever, right? I'm kind of like, okay, maybe today. i got nothing to do right now, right? <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, looking forward to more of those.
2: Okay, I have another question. Do you celebrate that?
1: Celebrate it.
2: Did you, like you said, it's a giggle moment. Is that oh, yeah. your celebration? Like, I have a happy dance. Well, it's but a, do it, you, is it yours, your giggle?
1: Yeah, essentially, yeah. It, it, it always made me laugh. Like, uh, one of the podcasts, that talked about, we talked about the uh, um, the path in the field, in, in the camp, and how I got on that track. Just sitting there watching TV, I got bored. Turn the turn turn the channel, and and the, the movie. That's funny. <laughs> just thought of that. Now the movie The Great Escape was on, <laughs> and they were walking in a circle, creating a path inside the camp, right? So you know, there's. Do another,
2: you feel like you're in the twilight zone yeah, now? <laughs> well,
1: hey, stupid! How come you didn't figure this out earlier? Right yeah and and take that a step further um before that when i was sitting there frustrated with why i couldn't figure out what camp he got sent to right what camp where was this bloody place tell me you went somewhere but not going to tell me where it was and i'd sit in my chair in front of the tv and just i i think doing many things at the same time i work best that way Pull up my iPad, there's a commercial on, and I go, I'm gonna check something else out. Thought come to my head, and I look up, and there's a commercial for Schindler's List, a movie that's coming on, well, which is about Auschwitz. Now he didn't go to Auschwitz, but he wasn't far from it, right? Ten kilometers. So like, why all of a sudden did that commercial come on? Right? It kind of makes you go, hmm, right? So uh, you know, all those things you look back and you go, wow, I could have figured this sucker out a long time ago, right? <laughs>
0: I think that's how a lot of people feel about relationships.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stay out of that one. <laughs> so, yeah. There's, there's my spider. I believe that's my spider. If not, I'm going to use it because I know he was in the area, so it works. And, and, and I haven't found a real blue spider, so we'll, we'll take that one. But both blue and spider were also linked with freedom. I couldn't figure that one out. Uh, essentially, was he free? I, I don't know why he would have was any more free in Zagan than he was when he left the camp. And I don't think he really felt free until he actually got home. So what uh, the, the term freedom can be used many different ways here.
0: I know nothing about the Great Escape, but would the escape itself be the freedom?
1: Well, this is where I was kind of going with this.
0: Is that his journey home?
1: Well, well. Where I was taking the freedom in relation to the Great Escape was is like whose freedom was he talking about, mm-hmm. right? Was it his freedom, which I don't believe he felt yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, was he talking about the uh, the freedom in conjunction with Stalaglyph Bluff Three, the prisoners escaping, right? All of those clues jumbled together, he might not have even been referring to his own freedom. Mm-hmm. In a sense, in, in a sense, the word selected as well, right? Selection. Was he the one that was part of the selection or was it the selection of the members that were going to escape? Because not everybody in this huge camp, huge population uh, was going to be able to escape. So they actually sat down and decided who was going to be permitted to leave. There was a selection process. So it's possible that it was their selection he was referring to.
0: Did the selection clue also not go with the big stone circular building where the selection actually occurred?
1: I, I thought so, and it still might. Okay. Right? It's There might be, uh, you know, uh, a more proper selection to, you know, location. Um, there was selection certainly in Deutz uh, near that train station, but I haven't got a lot of information on that yet. That's, that's another uh, area that, there's not a lot written down on. Certainly, there was had to be selection. They selected uh, Jews and Gypsies and whatnot, and what they were going to do with them there. Uh, that was a collection point, and maybe they it was a selection as to you're going here, you're going there, get on this train, you know, go out this door or whatever. That's all kind of a selection. So when I first started with the selection clue, I was thinking, you know, the more common selection was, you know, you're going to get to work and you're going to die. That was where people would think selection in these terms, but I haven't placed him in a location where he was given that, uh, that process. And certainly there's still room for that to have happened in one of his locations, but we haven't gotten there yet. So this is just kind of a, this is where I think it is, but it hasn't been a final, it's not a finalized point yet, but it's, it's all very interesting. Now we're going to go on to the, the airplanes coming and going, right? But there was no airport. And I couldn't figure that one out. I think, is that like a metaphor for the prisoners of war, right? Their air force, some of them coming, some of them going, maybe. But I think more importantly, at that period of time, when he would have gotten there, there was a very big battle going on uh, between the Soviets and the Germans. That was that was the front line along the Bober River, which is just outside of a And the Germans were holding the west side and the Soviets were on the east side and the germans were trying their best to to not allow them to cross that strategic point that river so it was a massive battle it went back and forth many times who was who was holding the area and who wasn't so i think the airplanes coming and going was actually the aircraft you know strafing and bombing uh literally so uh, i think that was uh that's where that one is yeah this area was 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 a very big deal and we're going to move on from zagon because he made his way to the north along the east side of the Bober River. Uh, that's important to, if you're trying to picture this uh, on, on a map. Uh, from he would have gone, I'm just going to say north, because it's pretty much close to being straight north. Uh, the river turned and headed straight north at that point. And he would have gone through many bombed out areas, whatever. At one point, I, you know, I asked, was he with a group of people? And he said, no, I'm alone, right? And then we had him going to one location and doubling back. And this is where you started writing backwards on the paper, right? Your famous backwards writing skill there. And he said, yes, backwards, right? Because we were trying to figure out, well, why'd you go here? And then all of a sudden you're over here. Where were you first, right? And he was trying to get the point across that he was all over the place. He was, you know, forwards and backwards, uh, just trying to get somewhere. He ended up going to Bogacha at this point, but... In an earlier session, he mentioned from Bogachaw he got into a, a vehicle with many other people. I don't know how many. And went down the road a short distance to another camp. Now, we never figured out at the time what that camp was. And I couldn't figure out what that camp was. But I had a couple ideas. So I came in for the session and asked, what camp did you go to? What's the name of this place? Let's get this sorted out. And uh, he gave us more clues. Of course. And this one this is actually a funny one. The first clue was like it was like Area 51. Oh. And and, and that took us in a direction that we had to shut down very quickly <laughs> cuz you you started you started down Area 51 trail and uh yeah, we got told to back off, so we did. But Area 51 being a very secretive location was a huge clue in this. So we got Area 51 Then there were chemical reactions that took place in this camp. It was secret, very well guarded. The letter C was not the name of the camp, it didn't have anything to do with the name of the camp, but it was a a place close to the camp. It was a short drive, and there were scientists there. So right away, I knew exactly where this place was.
0: So your grandfather gave you all of those clues, and then you found the, the place itself? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, I did. The C stood for Christianstad, which was the name of the village that is essentially at the camp, but not the camp. And it is just down the road from Bogachá on the opposite shoreline of the Bober River. Christianstad was was named such by the Germans to disguise what was actually going on in their area. Like you wouldn't think anything nasty is going on in a place called Christianstad. Like church? Yeah, like church. (sighs) I don't think they were going to much church. (laughs) It is now, the place is now called Chris, Christkowitsch, starts with a K, and I'm not going to spell it. It's big, big word. You, you'll find it easily on Google once you know Uh That's what it's called today, the name of this little community, which was blown to bits, by the way. This camp sat just outside bordering the village, and it was a subcamp of Gross Rosen, which is a very big camp in Germany. It was a large munitions factory. Uh, essentially, it, well, they described it as one of the largest, if not the largest, factories uh, in Germany at the time. But all kinds of things were going on there that were experimental. Here's where we get Area 51, right? It produced explosives for quite a few weapons, including the V1, the V2, and apparently the V3, which never went into production. The V1's the flying buzz bomb. Uh, was used against London, England uh, in the earlier stages of the war. The V2 is like a ballistic missile, like pretty much a rocket, which was uh, tipped with explosives. And the V3 was like a big cannon, but it had all kinds of problems, so it never went into production. But apparently, according to a couple of articles I read, people that were there, um, they said they made the explosives for these three weapons. Yeah, and, and the chemicals and the whole process was all a very new thing hence the secrecy involved there. Plus, if anybody really knew what was going on in there, they probably would have bombed the hell out of it a long time or before they actually did. So there was a lot of secrecy there. I guess they stated that if anybody talked about it, it was the death penalty for them. So nobody spoke. In fact, nobody's still speaking about it. Just very few articles out there about it. Lots of questions. This area is heavily forested. Uh, apparently there were some 800 buildings within this acreage. And I don't remember how many acres or are it's very large. Lots of stuff. Rail, railroads going in. Roads going in. All fenced off. When the Soviets came in to attack this, this camp, Germany sent a huge contingent of, uh, of, of soldiers and some SS to try and defend it. That's how important it was. Um, and that battle went back and forth and back and forth. And the Soviets ended up taking it over. They wished away a bunch of the equipment and stuff back to their area, uh, which speaks of something, and secured it in the same manner as it was earlier. They again made it a secret spot. And they held that jerk throughout the Cold War, and it was a very secret location. After the Cold War, the Polish took it over and still maintained it as a secret area. And apparently there's some indication that that, that NATO is involved in that area as well. Now today that the secret area has diminished within that large uh, area and it's heavily fortified and guarded uh, but people can go through the rest of the camp area but it is it, they've declared it very dangerous. they don't want anybody digging in the soil because of chemicals and potential explosives and stuff but it's a pretty cool site you go on the web, and uh, you can see some, you know, lots of ruins and whatnot. It gives you an idea of the scope of the place. Very, very huge. They used to, uh, I guess they brought in uh, mainly women at some point to to work in this area. Because they have smaller hands uh, to pack the explosives into these weapons and warheads and whatnot, right? So a lot, awful lot of women in this camp as well. And they were just brought up from, from other camps. So, big history there. And... and you don't find too much about it. There's not a lot of stories. So Area 51, yeah. So uh, there's no one, doubt in my mind that this is the camp that he said he went to. Now with that, they couldn't get into this camp. Apparently it was, it was too full. There was no vacancy. Uh, I don't know specifically why at that point there was no room. But they couldn't get in. I think they may have spent a night, but they were trucked back to where they came from. So back to Bogacha. So that kind of sets the stage there. But then, jumping a little bit ahead here, we know sometime after he left Bogacha, he ended up in the city of Stetton to the north. But there's a lot of territory between Bogacha and Stetton, so where did he go next? We know from an earlier session that when he left Bogacha, he said he went in an easterly direction. Which doesn't really make a lot of sense. His home was to the west, but he said he went to the east. And I always questioned that. Um, And this is working up to another clue. And maybe the last clue we're going to work on. Gold Cross was a clue that referred to a place. And that came in the very last session, the most recent session I've had. Well, Gold Cross is not the name of a place specifically because there's, there's no place in Poland called Gold Cross. That's English. So I looked at an interpretation in both German and, and Polish for gold cross. Now you can get uh, gold comes up as a separate word, cross comes up as a separate word. I tried them forward, backward, backward, forward, put them together, whatever, and I couldn't find any place in Germany or Poland in any of those times that re- that came out gold cross. So a little bit confusing there, but then just for the hell of it, I typed gold cross poland into the computer and probably on page 34 of of the search came up with golden cross in poland well that was the best hit i had so i went with it now golden cross referred to and i i promised i'd 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 look this word up and google translate so i could pronounce it but i forgot to do that so i don't know how to pronounce this word Chwalazu Tuala Cross. Now that is nowhere near how it's said, I'm sure of it. it. Starts with CH, let's go with that cross. This is a famous cross. This cross went way back in the 1700s. And it was literally a cross with, with, with Jesus hanging on them. And it was placed in the middle of a bridge, in the middle of a bridge in the city of Posen.
0: Which is where our story began.
1: Where it began, and yeah, this is this kind of kind of started to freak me out a little bit. Like posing really did. Why would he have gone back to Posen? Uh, but if you look at, at Posen on the map, it's in an easterly direction from Bogatyr, a little bit to the north, but definitely to the east, and not with not in a very much in reach. But anyways, this cross sat on this bridge. And it got destroyed a bunch of times through different battles. It was a target. And the, the Germans blew it all up and had to rebuild it, redesign it, that sort of thing, right? So it, it was a very interesting read. But anyways, with Golden Cross, there was another clue that day. Talking about a road that became a river or a river that became a road. and And it's kind of like, all right, so... I dreamt that. You dreamt that.
2: That was the dream.
1: Right. Driving a car or something. And yeah, you...
2: I drove the car right into the river. Into the river. And there should have been a city or there should have been something there and I was going too fast. Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> I remember having coffee over this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. so we can Yeah, pull... yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can pull this one together. So I applied that clue to the Golden Cross clue. And again, it brought me right back to Posen. Okay, I'm saying Posen. It's I think it's now called Poznan, but it's easier to say Posen. So we're gonna say Posen. Apparently, the, the Varda River flows through Posen, right through the middle of the city. And it's a very big river, an important river for, for trade routes and navigation. But it had a really sharp curve right down in the old part of town, which made it very hard to navigate with a boat, and it was prone to flooding. So, throughout the years, they decided, well, let's get rid of this curve. So, they diverted the river. They diverted the river around this curve, filled in the old river bed, and now there's parking lots, roads, and buildings on top of where the old river was. So, the river was diverted, and roads were diverted, and are now a river, and the river is now a road.
2: Oh my God.
1: And the Golden Cross sits there.
0: What this is This so exciting.
1: So, this is all my dream. Wow. Well, and it, and it's all here. <laughs> so the question comes to mind, uh, other than that being absolutely uh, amazing, that that all came together. Why was he there?
2: And why am I dreaming it? <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> Not that it's all about me, but what the hell?
1: <laughs> well, well, for sure. So, I mean... I'm left with that. I have not figured out why he was there other than he could have quite easily gone there because why not? He said he was going east. Uh, headed off that way to the north and the east and you would come to
2: the city. And this, I dreamt this the night before you came for an appointment?
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if I place him there, he's very much on the way to getting to Stetton. A little bit off route if you're going direct. But there's many reasons why he maybe couldn't have gone directly. There's still a battle raging through this whole area. And he himself said he was all over the place, wandering here, there, just trying to get to where he could. So it's quite possible that he just decided that's where I'm going to go. Or or he ended up there. He might not have decided he was headed there. And so he's back in posing, which is totally amazing.
2: In the dream, I had to go to the right. Is that, is that right? Do you remember all of this? I don't remember. And there was a building and it was all demolished and it was full of women.
1: <laughs> I don't remember the women part.
2: <laughs> okay. But I'm just trying to dream dreamwalk while, while I'm sitting here. <laughs> and remember, and because I can still see it again. Anyway, go on. Cool. Sorry.
1: Yeah, well, I, I haven't got much more to go from there. Uh, this is really where, this is really where I've, I've left off I'm I'm current I'm I'm right here I'm back in posing again one big circle wondering why he's there and and uh where he went from there
2: Jim should we uh, like put like a little uh, dish out at the front of my house and people can drop by and put in donations <laughs> so that you can come and pay for a treatment yeah. <laughs> and get more information well, and everybody can hear another podcast about your story
1: oh <laughs> the story is not over yeah, we're not done with this by a long shot. Yeah. Uh you know we'll definitely be coming back because that's just another carrot hanging there, right? Right. We, we got to go beyond this because uh, I have to know whether, in fact, he was there and where he went from there. We know he went he went towards Stetton from there, which totally makes sense and actually follows a little diagram you drew. Many I I didn't bring that one with me that he kind of dotted spots, you know, along a route which are somewhat straight headed north and we know we went north of berlin this all this all works you know gathering all the clues together it does work Mm -hmm. so it's totally plausible
2: so i just want to say for people that as you're going through a session with or with me and with your grandfather i hold a pen and paper and that i you have all of these sheets so i've drawn things written things and that you have kept all of these yeah uh, he's just showing them to me. Oh, yeah. there's all your blue.
1: Yeah. Yeah, need, uh, these notes are not... Golden
2: Cross. Yeah. Name of a place. Okay. A, a town overrun with uh, mice. Mice, yeah. Rats in the car driving too fast. White Navy. Oh, my God, Jim. Yes. Yeah, oh, something. right on the right side of the road.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
2: Oh, and I am writing backwards. Yeah. You know, I want to say something about that writing backwards stuff. Um, I started doing that when I was really young. I, I would be working at the funeral home uh, for my mom and dad, and I would I would just write as fast as I could backwards. And then I started writing backwards, and it was easier to go backwards than the way the teachers wanted me to go in school. But I also know that in dreams, I drive cars. Oh, actually, Jim, I showed up in one of your dreams and drove the car backwards. Oh, yeah, she did. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, I have a knack of showing up in people's dreams and driving cars where they're in the car, but I'm driving it backwards. And I have figured out that that's time traveling, that I'm actually going back and getting information for them because they're going to be clients and I'm going to be able to give them their information. If that makes any sense at all.
0: I can't wait till there's a movie about you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but driving the car backwards is really important.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And and I'm the one driving it. You yes. don't get to drive that car.
1: No, no, no. Okay. You're, you're like a prisoner in the back seat. Long for the ride. Yeah. yeah. And backwards writing was one thing, but the letters are actually backwards too, which is really kind of interesting. So, yeah.
0: Jim, thank you so much.
1: Oh, Welcome again. This is... Uh, this is always a blast. this is uh is terrific
2: i i I look forward to when you have these books and I have a question about the books. Do you think, and I know you don't know at this point, but do you think that the written pages from your grandfather are part of that for people to see things? Will that be important?
1: You mean the notes? Yeah, are they very well maybe okay definitely uh the book is just not going to be a story. Uh, like I explained, okay, you he went here, you he went there. Uh, I will be back feeding it with background information, historical information to put it all into a, a bigger persp- perspective, much like a written version of these podcasts. That yeah. is really cool. Yeah. It, it's to, For me, that's the only way to tell the story, right? Otherwise, we're going to be looking at what, a 10 page document? Uh, that does not do any of this justice. Right. All, all this work, all this background stuff has to play into this.
2: Well, and everything that your grandfather lived through.
1: Oh, definitely. But it,
2: people want to connect. Then they need all of that to see what you went through and how, how you organized as, a, as a, an investigator, all of this information that was channeled, that you've researched, and how you put it all together. Because that is what we want. Both Kelly and I want. We want to be Factual.
1: Oh, yeah. Some
2: people think channeling is airy fairy stuff, but it's not. It's quite the opposite. It is factual.
1: Yeah, and, and this is where we're gonna we're gonna put you know what, what you've brought forward and what I've looked at and bring it together and, and combine all the facts that are that are already out there. We're gonna put it all together in, in, a, in a package that's hopefully easily to understand. And uh, there'll be lots of diagrams, lots of lots of pictures, because pictures tells a thousand words, right? and and if you see a picture that's actually was was taken at the time it helps you relate
0: turns out pictures help you google things too oh uh, yes
1: <laughs> google's phenomenal right you know you you take the good with the bad right that's why you cross reference everything right cuz not everything out there's correct but uh if anybody else is doing anything like this you know uh, don't overlook google and the internet or any other search engine you want to use doesn't really matter there's a lot of stuff you can get out of it. But from there, you eventually got to go walk the ground, right? Which is totally my intention, before or after, hopefully before I get the book finished, to go stand there. And by doing it this way, when I actually get there, I'll have less work to do. So I can enjoy actually being there, right? And I can can be kind of in the moment and kind of imagine rather than running around with a You know clipboard and questions and have to go grill people on the side of the road you know hey you what do you know about this place i already know about it so i can just enjoy being there and and understand the place
2: and hopefully feel your grandfather
1: yeah oh definitely because
2: he's he's trying so hard to make sure that you still know that he's around and that he's still connecting with you
1: yeah and, and that will be the greatest part of it right it's like okay i'm gonna go back to where you were and uh hopefully be as close to it a- as you were right without the war <laughs> i don't i don't want the war part so uh yeah looking forward to that trip hopefully yeah hopefully i can do it in one trip but i suspect it might be more than one
2: i wish you more than one yeah i i, I and i say that gem like in in that coming from a place of that i wish more more experiences of love for you with your grandfather and meeting those people and hearing those stories and sharing the ones that you've learned too about that, because somebody might need you as much as you need them.
1: Yeah. It it would be nice that other people can connect, uh, similarities or or like, you know, I never learned this about my family or whatever. And maybe there's, maybe they they were in the same place. Maybe there's some similarities, you know, certainly this, uh, story is not unusual, sadly, not unusual. So there, there have to be similarities out there.
2: Well, and there's a need to know in order to heal.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Sometimes I'm, we don't get into what we need in our lives. That need to know, uh, moves us in a different direction.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just the family saying, well, we weren't interested. And so we didn't bother figuring out or asking him, not that he'd have told them anyways, you know, what happened, where he was, his little adventure and whatnot. But it's just there is a big gap. And the fact that nobody else was motivated, I'm going to say motivated to be nice, uh, nobody else was motivated to bother to figure the story out and to, to find out where he was and what he went through. Right To me, that's a huge gap. You know, like you look at any parent and you go like, aren't you at all interested in what they did? Right? where they they been? Uh, to say that, well, essentially they're saying, uh, we weren't interested or we didn't, we didn't care or whatever. To me, it doesn't matter that he wouldn't tell them.
0: I think maybe for some people, they're afraid to trigger flashbacks or they're tra- they're afraid to, to ask about a life that perhaps that person wanted to leave behind when they got home.
1: Yeah, but the, the thing with flashbacks and that kind of thing, right? If you don't get them, you never get through them, right?
0: Well, maybe that's a good educational point for people who are tiptoeing around a person And really, truly don't understand what they need to go through in order to heal.
2: I think you hit on something huge right there about PTSD. uh, And not just PTSD, but all kinds of things that we go through. That we do want to witness and that we do need to talk about it. We do need to feel it and be in it. And not try and push it down or back or behind or anywhere.
1: Yeah. You don't gain anything. It just sits there forever.
2: Right. And sometimes people don't have the memory to access it. And that's why Kelly and I can help.
1: Yeah. Poke around a little.
2: Dreams. (laughs) Drive the car. Lots of those cool little
0: things, Uh, right? Yep. Yeah. Thank you very
1: much. Very welcome.
0: Yeah. This is, uh, well, an adventurous time for me because I don't don't like personal adventure. (laughs) So listening to yours is, is so much fun. Thank you. I look forward to the next episode and I'm sure that won't be too far away knowing how the how the two of you work. <laughs> um, I will invite people as always, if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at As well, we welcome people who may have information that can add to Jim's adventure. We will forward all of those pieces of information straight to him and we thank you for that in advance. Uh, Otherwise, have a wonderful week and we will hear from you next week.